Yeah, did you drop anchor? <laughs> Is that what you're going to say, friend? <laughs> yeah, I was trying to formulate something like, you know, did it fall out of your pants and make yeah. a big splash? Mm. Yeah, when you're on a boat, you don't have to worry about an anchor. You just throw your clank overboard. See? Well, that's but, true too. And if you can't, if you can't get the boat right to shore, you just use it as a gangplank, and we all walk down. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> We're not close enough to the dock. That's okay, Dan. Whip out your gangplank. <laughs> <laughs> your gangplank. Oh, uh, I guess all anyway. bets are off now. Everybody is everyone's uh, original sound uh, where it's supposed to be. Okay, we got all original sound. Yeah, everyone's got the original sound working. And uh, in hi everyone, we're back and in keeping with our uh, renewed policy to make sure we begin the program without a bunch of undue delay. Here's Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a pool, and from a hobo trailer in the Kawarthas across from a canoe hanging from a tree. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now here are two men who spent their long weekend off putting away patio furniture, canning beets and jams, freezing hearty soups and stews, and clearing their internet history so they can get a fresh start for fall. It's Humble and Fred. Dandoran, Dandoran, thank you, Dandoran. Bill Brio is our guest today. We're also going to check in with Daryl Croft from EVNet. Some more interesting conversations about the world of electric vehicles. Uh, yeah, I did. I did almost none of those things. I mean, I know Fred did. Uh, did you? What do you call it? Do you do closing, or you did closing, or you closed up? How, what's the phrase? I just I closed the tin palace, and that involves uh, blowing out lines and stuff. Uh, I just well, say I, that like I know what that means. I have no idea what that means. No, I mean that's you know that's sort of the main thing. But I take all my furniture, my patio furniture, and my water toys, and I put them in our Florida room. And Delise does a thorough cleaning of the trailer, especially the fridge and the bathroom, of course. And then just when all of that is done, then I blow out the lines and run a little antifreeze through them just to make sure. How do you do that, by the way? Just uh, I'm, and I'm being serious. I, when you say you blow it out, you 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 what 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 apparatus do you? What grown up man tool do you use? Hey, Dan. <laughs> hey, Dan. We'll ask you a question in a second. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, we're you know I have a hose that goes across the road to the water source okay you unhook, it, you unhook it from the water source there's this little fitting you put in the end of the hose and then that allows you to connect it to a um like an air compressor cool right and then what you do is you make sure all the taps are closed you start the air compressor let the air build up then you go inside and from the farthest distance you start opening the taps and it blows all the water through the lines and you go through all you know every uh, room in the trailer that has water well the kitchen and the bathroom and you keep letting the pressure build up and then opening the thing until there's no water left howard that's very and then cool. I get a little, then what I do is I get a little bucket and, and a pump, and I pump some antifreeze into that line, and then I put the air compressor back on, and then I just open the taps until I see a little bit of red, and I know 
that uh, all the water is definitely out. And I buy. And, and, excuse a, my ignorance. Uh, the red is the antifreeze. Is the antifreeze? Okay. Yes. And I and I and I buy a, a, the expensive stuff that's very pipe friendly, so to speak. So, uh, yeah. And then um, and then just before you leave, you open all the taps. You open them up for the winter and let the air flow through. Nice. You know, if I had to do that, you know what I would do. I would call. I would. I going to say. I was going. I would call somebody. I'd say, "Hey, can you do that thing that Fred just described?" <laughs> I, I'm sure. Could I? Service. Could I That's learn? Could a guy like me learn to do that? I probably could. Of course. Sure, I could learn. Yes, Dan Howard. Even yes, Dan Howard. Even what? Even even an idiot like you. I'm sorry, Dan. I stepped over your uh, your humorous uh, observation. What was? Oh, that? I was just calling Fred's winterizing service. But he right, didn't exactly. miss one thing. One thing you also have to do is pour a little bit of antifreeze down the trap. I did that too. Okay. Oh, he missed that However, step. Oh, we're talking over each other a lot right now. Please is that continue. A, is, every, is the timing fine or what? Anyway, um, I noticed, Dan, that when you open the taps, when you've put antifreeze in, it goes down the traps anyway. But just yeah. to make sure, I put more in. Mm. You're trying to prevent water from expanding and freezing and breaking. No, I understand the purpose of it, Dan. I even, even a fool like myself, even a, a non-handyman understood that well that's great i'm glad you did that although there is a few this weekend was stunning the weather's been great yesterday was amazing today's going to be even better the next couple of days around here in toronto where we live pretty good like the next seven days are all like well not the next seven but the next couple are like 25 tomorrow and then next week, it becomes October by Sunday, nine with rain, Monday, light rain and 10. You know, and then it just becomes October again, you know. They're uh, forecasting a high today of 28 Celsius, feel like, feels like 33. Yeah. If that happens, it'll break the previous record in 2001, which was 27. But I bet it didn't feel like 33. The historical average for yesterday was 17 degrees, and that was smashed to hell. It was in the 20s. Um, yeah. So it just keeps on happening. So I, when I was away, uh, thanks to uh, both of you for checking in on me, uh, Thursday I did the show at the Danforth Music Hall. Yes, how was that? Uh, it was great. I was. Uh, it went really, really well. It was really, you know, it was different. I was. I think I've explained this to both of you, but I'll, I'll tell the audience. You know, I, I'm. You know, I've only ever done this once or twice before, where the the room is like a theater, and um, you know, I go to a comedy club, and you sort of have a familiarity with that. What that's like, but uh, I didn't know if I told you the story. So I, I get to the Danforth Music Hall, and the sound check is over at seven. So I get there about quarter to seven i wanted to make sure i got a chance to walk on the stage but i've got my stage shirt in a dry cleaning you know like a dry cleaning bag and i have got to pee like i really really had to go so i there's a lineup already of people so i just walked right into the danforth music hall just the door was open i, I walked I, I didn't think anyone saw me and i walked right into the washroom went to the washroom and i came out and there was these three big security guys like big security men saying uh listen the doors are not open what are you doing i said oh no i'm i'm on the show like they saw me go on the can right and then somebody from the like there were some tour people there and uh they said oh no no hey howard how are you anyway so that's i so right away it has a different feel than say my average you know night at a yuck yucks or something 
Oh, I thought the security guard says, oh, of course, of course, Mr. David, of course you're on the show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just over there. Of course. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, then backstage is different. There were people like, I don't I, I know this is going to sound dumb to you, but like all the overall feel before the show was completely different. The, the, the sound was great. The I was telling Dan that the there was stage monitors I'm not used to and. And there might have been, I don't know, eight or nine hundred people. By the time I walked out, like the first couple of seconds on stage were a bit overwhelming because there's a lot of noise. But once I started, it was great. And the first big laugh I got was cool. And then, mm-hmm. you know, as far as a performance goes, like I did pretty well. I don't know that it was like 10 out of 10, but it was pretty close. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the response I got, it was great. And then it was over. I did 13 minutes and... Got a big hand, and uh, and that was it. And uh, but I uh, telling Dan, like, you know, about twenty minutes before the show, I felt like I could throw up if I really wanted to. And, you know, I was kind of that nervous, like your heart's pounding. And I, wow, you know, I mean, that's great. Oh yeah, I, I think we should all like if. I don't know what that would be for me at this point in my life, but we should all be put in uncomfortable situations from time to time. It makes you, you know, outside of your comfort zone makes you better. And um, so that's exciting. Yeah, it was. The fact that you were that nervous, like, that's a pretty cool thing, you know? Plus, I got to share. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that it, it is. It's because in retrospect, it was a great experience all because of that. And I got to share it with Spencer mm-hmm. uh, and Randy. Randy and Spencer came. Anthony Petrucci and Carmela, his wife, were there. Lots of humble and Fred. I didn't realize it at the time. But when I left, I had to leave through the theater and there was tons of humble and Fred fans. People saying, hey, uh, humble and Fred, humble and Fred. And um, but Spencer, who is into comedy and stand up and all this stuff, texted me about quarter after seven when I was backstage. And she said, like, uh, can I come back as a joke? And I said, sure, come on. So uh, I spent about a half an hour and Spencer got to see what it was like back there, met Jeremy and a bunch of people hanging around and, you know, got to experience it. And, and I'm glad I shared that with uh, her because um, mm-hmm. it was really fun. And then about 20 days, I said, you better go because Danny may throw up. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy's on the verge of puking. Not really, but I will tell you, more nervous than I've been, you know, and I'm talking golf tournaments or big shows at Yuck Yucks, more nervous than I have been in a really long time. Mm -hmm. And then when it's over, you're like, oh, okay, well, that was cool. Yeah, there's a certain excitement attached to that, no doubt. All those Humble and Fred listeners, you know, were they... Remember we had thought years ago of uh, maybe... Having a two-man stage act, you and I, you know, for all those those Hummel and Fred fans. Oh, yeah. You know, you go do your comedy bits, and it's like, yeah, there's Hummel, where's Fred? And we had thought maybe, you know, a two-man stage act. Like, hey, Hummel. Hey, (laughs) Freddy. (laughs) Like Dean and Jerry. Hey, Freddy. And then, you know, like Martin and Louis. That's right, like Dean and Jerry. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dan, do you have any comments? I, I, I don't know that. I think the timing's fine on the podcast. I'm not like I don't think there's uh, anything technically wrong. Dan, do, do you have anything to say? No, I was just going to ask you if you'd worn your smartwatch to the show and whether you reviewed all this, your body stats about you know just uh, coming up just before you got on stage if your heart rate was like crazy or you know I don't know whatever you know your biorhythms were off or something. Just thought I no, that's a great question actually. I uh, and I didn't. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, you know, that really uh, would have been interesting because my I could definitely tell. I'm sorry, what? Interesting. <laughs> um, I was sitting there alone for about 10 minutes in my little dressing room backstage. At the, at the, you know, here's the thing that freaked me out. But just put a pin in that for a second. So I'm backstage there, and there's Jeremy's got the big room, and he's got snacks, and there's a bunch of people that he knows. And I come up and said hi. And then the other comic that was on the show, Darren Rose, it was very funny. We're just kind of hanging around. And there's all these posters of the shows that have been there. And this is going to be weird. I had to stop looking at it because it was freaking me out. Like, you know, like just bands that have played there. And like it was a, I, that's so for some reason I found it overwhelming. Like it was just weird. And so I, I, I just sort of went, okay, I better, I better not look at that. And the other thing that was kind of funny to me is when I was finished, because I hadn't eaten since noon. Like I was so nervous I couldn't eat. And, then, and uh, Jeremy's in his dressing room had all the food. So as soon as I was off stage, I just started eating ripple chips and deli meat. Like it's just fucking <laughs> motorboating it. Well, I was going to ask you about that, a pregame meal. Um, oh, no. Because that, that is something you would have to think about. No, um, I couldn't eat. So you couldn't eat because you couldn't eat, but any regular show, do, do you have a mind to what you're going to eat prior? Because you don't want anything greasy or like, you know, like, you like don't wanna... if it's yuck yucks, which I've done, I haven't done in a while, but you know, when I was doing it regularly, it didn't bother me. I mean, I went down with dancing. Yeah. yeah, I would not eat right before the show, but uh, here's the funny thing. I hadn't eaten all day, but my body was, I certainly went to, my BMs were rampant. Mm. Many, many, many BMs. Anyways, that's the show. Danforth Music Hall. I could have been in Peterborough the next night. I was asked to come. They asked me again if I wanted to do the show in Peterborough. I was like, nah. I should have figured it out, Dan. I was, I was talking to Dan the next day. I should have done it so I could have maybe stayed at you know your place and hung out, but I just didn't think of it. I don't know. I'm not sure they take they take kindly to Jewish folk up there in, in Peterborough. <laughs> That's up right. They're in Peterborough. I don't know. The P dot. What? Larry David's in town. Hey, I I did pick out some uh, dad jokes for you though, Fred and Dan. Well, this is more oh. for your grandson. Yeah, this is not. Go. By the way, this is not for my act. But I did find these on the weekend. <laughs> um, this is for Johnny Slapshot. If you have grandkids. Uh, you say to them, uh, what did the, uh, what did the Buffalo say when his son left? What did Buffalo say when his son left? I don't know. Bye son. Oh, bye son. Uh, That's good. What do you call a person with no body and no nose? No body and no nose. Nobody knows. (laughs) <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> and finally, you say to your grandkids, what do you call a cheese that isn't yours? Nacho cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Nacho. <laughs> That's good. There's a little fun for your grandkids. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Good night. Um, how about this one? Hall & Oates have released a new social media song. You know what it's called? No, I don't. You make my memes come true. <laughs> <laughs> See, Dan? See the kind of fun we're oh, having we here? Got a million of them. We got friend. a million of them. Here's the one last one for you, and then I didn't think this was okay. that good. What do you call a fish with no eye? Fish. 
Oh. <laughs> See, there's no I in the word fish tank. No, I get it. Right. I don't know if you do. I can I don't know if you do. Um, all right. Uh, and Dan, what about your uh, humble and Fred long weekend? Uh, you walked around the dock naked. You were over. You were sunbathing. What do you do? That's pretty much it for the uh, for the weekend. It was so beautiful up here. And this last week, I wish I had one of those time lapse cameras that that I could set up on an island somewhere and just watch the the trees change because they they just were like a last weekend there was just a tip or so of each tree kind of in the forest was showing and then this entire week it was a you know exploding in color some of the reds are phenomenal this year and this next week or so probably Thanksgiving weekend is going to be the peak around here up in in, in North of Piro yeah yeah uh, it's beautiful beautiful time of the year. Nothing like a beautiful day yeah. with the changing of uh, the colors and <clears throat> especially a sunny day and, you know, the hue of the sky and everything is different. The clarity, the, yeah. it's fantastic. Um, guys, can I ask you for a little advice on something you uh, you would do if you were in my situation? Sure. Yes, please go ahead. Uh, again, it's not neighbor trouble, but, you know, over the years I've brought up the neighbor and the neighbors and anyway uh out back here uh my neighbor has this gazebo right beside me and over the past several years it got very very weathered it's i'm not sure i understand sorry it's like (laughs) i'm not sure i understand weathered (laughs) sorry just for some reason siri just started talking i'm not sure i understand anyway this uh gazebo somewhat weathered and it did look a bit unsightly i gotta say that but i didn't care that much um and then one day we look out and it's all been painted and it looked nice you know i thought hey look at that they've painted the gazebo it looks wonderful even the little peak thing on top was a different color and it was nice and what have you and this was uh last week you know before the weather really got nice anyway i wander out in the backyard uh the other day and i i look over at this um you know this box where i keep cushions and everything and it sort of looks weird to me and then i look at the then there was some uh some pool toys that the kids had and it was all covered with this this film or whatever it was and then i looked at my speakers which were hanging on the fence and the top of them were all brown anyway it turns out the guy that painted the gazebo must have used spray paint and it all drifted over onto my side so my box where i keep all my cushion yeah my box where i keep all my cushions it's it's coated on the top with this spray paint 250 dollars speakers the whole top of them are now brown from the spray paint some water toys, a couple of which I was going to keep, useless now. I, in fact, I just thought it was some dust or some dirt from the air, and no, it was actually spray paint. And this is on the east the side, the east side of your house, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Right. So, anyway, the, this it was three or four days after the painting took place that I. You know, that I could have noticed and I didn't, but it turns out the guy who owns the house, who had the painting done. He's over in Turkey for 12 days. So I can't lash out at anyone right now. Mm. But, yeah, so there's some there's some damage to the situation. And, again, I've been discussing with Delise how 
<laughs> what have you oh, come up with so far? Yeah, I was going to say, what's uh, what's the plan so far, uh, Caper well, Boss? Well, the thing is, they're not back until this weekend, so it gives me several several days to think about. Okay, you know, don't go wild and don't lose control and don't be super emphatic. And but the thing is, he didn't do it, but the people he hired did it. And you and I can't just let it go because you know it's spray paint, oil spray paint. <clears throat> Which, it hasn't ruined my stuff. Like, the speakers still work, but they were nice speakers. And now they're all covered in this spray paint. Just back up a little and bit I, for a second. So so it, it happened because somebody was spraying in that direction from... Yes. The one side of the gazebo was about two feet off my friend's fence line. So when he was doing that, the asshole was just... <laughs> I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah, so you're going to start with no. that. Yeah. So maybe the wind was blowing from the east that day, whatever it was. But right. all it would take was be a drop sheet. Not one second did he consider being that close that it might have an effect. Isn't on the there person. a fence on your? Isn't there a fence on that side? Yeah, but the gazebo goes higher than the fence. Uh, I see. I see. So I he's see. up there with the sprayer, I imagine. Right. And if the wind was blowing a bit from the east or swirling, all the spray paint is coming back no, on gotcha. my side. Number one, he must have seen it. If he didn't, he's an idiot. Or why, if you're a professional, wouldn't use a drop sheet or something? Yeah. So now I'm in the situation when my neighbor gets home on the weekend, I'm going to have to say, hey, uh, do you want to come over here and see this? You should know about this because the people you hired did this and I want something done about it. Not you. Even if give me the number of the people that came, their phone number, because I'll phone them and tell them to get over here and let's uh, talk. about. Well, so what are what? what, Okay, so we know the situation. And so we asked for our advice. Mm hmm. I don't really know if this is advice as much as a, a thought. So you know the situation. There's no doubt that this has happened. It's not an argument. It's not a debate. It's not like, well, I don't know what you're talking about because it's clearly damage has been done. It's the same. It's not like well, that wasn't our gazebo. There's no, there's, you know, it's not like. So once we know the situation, what retribution do you seek? Well, first of all, I would like just to see. I want to see what the reaction is. Number two, if that guy can come over and clean off the stuff, if he's got some special Versol or some kind of paint thinner or something, great. Just come and clean up your mess, number number one. If you can't, replace my utility box. So that is the bottom line, though, because the first thing you yeah. said was you want to see his reaction. That's not that's not what you're looking for. You're looking because there is there is no um, like when I say there's no debate, it's not like he has a an no. argument. Oh, I, I don't, that's not us. That was an our paint. So once we all know that the damage is done, so you need a new utility box and you'd like the speakers cleaned. <laughs> Is that what you want? Is this the NW guy? Do you want some NW passes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, how, you yeah, should say that too. And another thing, I would mm. like fifteen NW Papa Bear passes. What I hope doesn't happen is that I bring it to their attention and then it's ignored because that's not going to be. Mm. No. And the thing is, if I was in that situ- situation, you would whatever it takes. To make the situation right, sure, is basically what you're looking for, because you know I'm I'm this this innocent man in this situation. <laughs> oh, that's right, you are. He's just a 
An and, innocent and, you know, white man. There's paint all down my side of the fence, too. So the guy, he actually may have had the sprayer on too hard or whatever it is. The whole top of the fence has the spray paint on it, as they say. It, you know, and on the top of my utility box, then I had to go look at the pool to see if it had mm. drifted over maybe on the edge of the pool, which it hadn't. Thank goodness. But, uh, you know, I'm thinking I don't want to be in this situation, but I've got to bring it. You agree I've got to bring Absolutely it. Absolutely you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree, too. And that, and whoever, I can't believe that a pro would do that. But you, as a pro, the overspray when you're spraying is mm-hmm. a is a is a known thing. So you'd want yeah. to make sure that you don't. And he probably he she probably did the area around uh, right. on that side, but wasn't thinking about the neighbor at all. Yeah. Obviously. Exactly. So. But the problem is, from the actual doing it to when it's brought to his attention, it's going to be close to three weeks. But as my, my sweet wife says, that doesn't matter. Yeah, the time doesn't no matter. until we went out. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that, the, the, the time between when it happened and now, doesn't. it's not like, well, the statute of limitations for complaints have <laughs> run out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how was your trip to Turkey? Come here, please. I need to. So let's I review. To you. I want a new utility box. I want the speakers yeah. cleaned. And uh, I want uh, 20 Papa Burgers <laughs> and uh, some baby burgers for my grandkids. But you know how it makes it, it. You know, I keep my stuff pretty nice. And now all of a sudden with spray paint all over that box and on the speakers, it just looks shabby. It looks well, it looks a bit trailer park, actually. No, it's not. It's not right. No, I, that area. Or I know exactly where that area is. Yeah. And then, not only that, luckily I didn't have the cushions on the furniture. If I had had the cushions on the furniture, it would have made a mess of those. Mm -hmm. And given the color of the furniture, the wicker furniture we have, we can't really see if there's paint on them. But there must be. So I'll let that one go because the color of the paint and the wicker furniture, you can't really see it. But anyway, like, again, what kind of an idiot just gets up with a spray gun and just starts? Anyway. What color well, is the paint, by the yeah, way? Yeah, it's brown. Isn't it brown, it's you like said? A brown. The brownish. It's like a rusty, rusty brown. Rusty brown. Rusty brown. Yeah. Rusty brown. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dan, uh, listen, I thank you for your input as a professional. Hmm. Because you would never. Seriously, if Dan Duran was doing that job, and this no, is a, this is a uh, plug for Dan Duran's business. <laughs> uh, Dan Duran is if I he, have drop claws. I have drop He has nothing if not thorough. Yeah. And I was I was this close to making an overspray joke about your <laughs> giant hose, but I didn't. <laughs> I did not. And you just did. No, I didn't. And I just mentioned <laughs> I just mentioned that talking I could. about making a joke. I, I thought mean. I could mention around. By the way, if I, I are you are you okay with you done now cuz I wanted to oh, point yeah, out something. Yeah, yeah. If uh, you go to our Facebook, We're back to dick jokes. Yeah. No, no, no. This is uh, this is, has to do. It's all going to tie in because you started by explaining how you blew out your lines. Mm-hmm. Then we did a little thing about comedy, and then we came back to some more, you know, uh, handyman work that had gone awry. And I just noticed on our when I went to check the Facebook feed that um, on my personal feed I had posted twelve years ago today. Mm. Go and have a look. You two at our Facebook page because I just posted it on the Humble and Fred Facebook page, and you'll see a picture of a young Howard Glassman and Frederick Patterson. Can you see this picture, Dan? Uh, nowhere. It's on our Facebook page, Humble and Fred Radio on Facebook, Danny. 
I heard about that. You may have heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Go oh, on there now. yes, I, I, I can, I'm seeing it. Yes. Um, we posted a picture. This would have been on the 3rd of October, 2011. We were just eight days away from our very first show. We had all the equipment, and we had, we had obviously built the um, soundproofing Whatever that's called, Dan. Soundproofing baffles. Is that, is that the word for that? Yeah, baffles is a good word, yeah. So we built those, you, me, and Lumby. See, the weird thing is Dan Duran was, we were, we were all friends, but for some reason we didn't. Where was Dan Duran in all of this? Because he would have been so good to help us. You and I were hanging those ourselves. That's 2011, right? So Right. So... You were working at the radio station at then, weren't you, Dan? Oh, yeah. I was doing mornings there. So, so maybe that's why. Done a Lumbee experience. I mean, I helped Lumbee build a shop that you did some work in. There. No, of course you did. And, and yeah. again, when I think about that time, it was weird that you weren't involved because you could have just done it all. You were so, you know, this is the stuff you're well, great at. He was working five days a week in yeah. Peterborough. So that, you know, when I look at that picture, I look at those two by fours and I think, I wonder what those cost in 2011. <laughs> Seriously, because right now, I bet you they're triple the price right now. If not, a lot, a lot of the, uh, a lot of those, uh, a lot of the timbers come down in price. From oh, has it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's almost back to. Now. Well, I could look at that picture. From now until my deathbed, and not wonder about the price of those two by fours. <laughs> I look at that picture and I see two guys that were invested in this project mm-hmm. to the point where, like, really nobody built that studio but you and I. True. Like, that's late in the day. I remember that. It was mm-hmm. late in the day, and what people obviously can't see, we were hanging it with this piano wire, this thin wire. Mm-hmm. And Dan, I'm not sure if you remember visiting that little studio. That was the very first one. It was really just a room in an office at this production company I was a partner in. But we we hung that with precision, Dan. Like those it baffles, was an impressive space. <laughs> yeah, I know. Those ba- like I, way beyond what we normally would do. Yeah, but they were hung above us to deaden the sound. And uh, yeah, and, like we put that all together. That's what I think. Painted that room. We painted it. Yep. Yeah, look at that, eh? Look at that. So, yeah, 12 years ago today, we were just days away from launching Canada's most, uh, what did I say, most uploaded, most uh, most uploaded podcast in podcast history. Although we snuck back into the top 200 on the weekend. Whenever we do three or four live shows in a row or two or three live shows in a row, our Canada Apple podcast comedy rankings go up. Like We were in the top 150 at one point this weekend. But, uh, yeah, we, we've done all right, you know. No, that's for sure. Look at, you know, like it's 12 years ago. Look, we look a lot. Well, why wouldn't we look a lot, a lot or somewhat younger, I would say. Oh, yeah, I would say. I mean, I was still More angelic. Uh, we were all full of hope. <laughs> Just we're going to sing those are the days, my friend. Mm. Oh, yeah. um, you just is my friend. But really, when you think about that, at that moment, we're probably thinking we're doing this and we'll end up back on the radio. And again, which we did sort of loosely. Yeah. Probably, you know, major market or whatever. Um, and then not even dreaming for a second that 12 years from that day, 
we'd be sitting here with this little enterprise uh, still thriving. <laughs> you know what I mean? A- in this form. Yeah, well, not only that, we would never have dreamed that we could all we could do it in this. Like the yeah. fact that we're, we haven't done a live show. We haven't done a show in the same room together since uh, February of 2020. Mm-hmm. That's the part well, that we I did, think we could have never have imagined. We did that one last year from the picnic table at the Oh, that's right. Trailer. That, that was that's fun. not a room. That's not a room. That's no, no. I was just saying that's probably the last time like we've been together, right? Oh, yeah. In the same area. Dan, um, will you uh, be able to do the news and things? And Yeah. I'm looking for news right now. Doing the news thing. Okay. That's what I, what I, I do with to. the news. I take the news and I bring it in. You reel it in? Present and reel it in. Just like a fisherman that just went out <laughs> under the lake. What Cassis. what bait what bait do you what bait do you use when you uh look for your uh your news? I look for news bait. <laughs> news bait, you know, I get it at all the stores. You know, uh, a spinner maybe. Okay. Um, Red Devil. Uh, Dan Duran's news will uh, be with us uh, in the next half hour. As I mentioned, Bill Brio making his monthly appearance here. Uh, And, of course, uh, 12 years ago, we could not have imagined we'd have the support of such fine folks like these people. Uh, The retirement Sherpa, Tim Nimblett, uh, portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim will be by tomorrow. And what he's going to talk about is secular trends and your portfolio. What are they? Uh, What are they expected to be? How do you access them? Uh, You know, all those things about secular trends. That's what we're going to learn about from the Retirement Sherpa. Tim Nibble at the Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. Why don't you say secular trends again? Because that seemed to, trends. you seem to. Re- <laughs> Do you know what a secular trend is? I have no idea. Secular trend or market is one that is likely to continue moving in the same general direc- direction for the so- foreseeable future. I love that. They're um, contrasted with uh, cyclical trends. Okay. Excellent. So Tim will explain all. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, thank goodness somebody can explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Tim's, Tim Daniels from Boron One has been explaining how many things, how many items contain boron in homes. Everything from roofing materials, wallboard, paint, fiberglass insulation, all contain boron. When used as a treatment for construction materials such as wood, plastic, bricks, pipes, and wires, boron helps to protect from mold, fungus, and insects. Boron is found in the ceramic tiles on the floors and the porcelain enamel used in your sink, etc. The reason this is important is, as I've mentioned several times, there's only a few places on Earth where boron is mined commercially. And Boron One believes in the next couple of years, they're going to add themselves to that very secular, is that the word? Very um, unique list of people. Exclusive. Thank you. Mm. And that's why maybe you want to get your Sherpa or our Sherpa to look at BoronOne.com. Go, go check it out yourself. I mean, I mean we obviously, the, us two nincompoops... We're not going to advise you, but we will say this. Uh, We believe in these people and want to take a look at it. Boron1.com. You know, speaking of looking, I'm looking back at the picture of you and I. 
And that's prior to your boob surgery. Oh, yes, it would be. And I would still, uh, at that point in 2011, right in the middle of my uh, lady friend experience. Right, yes. So I was trying to look as young as I could. So I've obviously I put some, uh, I did, I used to not dye my hair. I had the stylist degray my hair. Apparently, there's a difference, but um, you know, it took some of the gray out. So that's another reason. See, you look. Although I can't really see your boobs, but you know, you look uh, twelve years younger. You're all fresh faced, and I've got. Uh, you know, I'm doing my best to look. Uh, with the time, I would have been uh, fifty-one, doing the best, my best to look forty-one, failing. Oh, Howie. Um, but yeah, that was a deal. So a lady friend, uh, 2011. Yeah, I'm still living with her. She living or we were living together till uh, 2014. You were hitting the booze pretty hard, and so, oh yeah, uh, and uh, you know, and uh, hiding uh, the smokes from me. See, no, I wasn't hiding cigarette. the smokes from you then. Oh no, 2014 to 2016. Yeah, that came, <laughs> <laughs> that came later. That's funny. Okay. Yeah. That was 2014 August till uh, January 2016. I was trying to. I was hiding smokes from you. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's something, man. When I think of that, it like, is crazy. Yeah? I don't want to smoke in front of Fred. Well, I didn't. No, I, I, but, yeah, but I you know. should be flattered. But like I'm your dad, or well, something. no, but it, no. But but you should be flattered that I hold you in such esteem that I wouldn't want to uh, not disappoint you, but maybe that's the word. I wouldn't want you to see that uh, I had fallen off that wagon. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, a couple things to do. Uh, I want to run by you before uh, Bill Brio gets here and we can talk TV and such. I love his appearances. So mm-hmm. the Jays did make the uh, well back it up. So Buffalo won on the weekend. Oh, they kick some major ass, man. So, really, they've only lost once in the first four uh, games, right? Yeah, they should have won that first game. Yes. But, again, they were playing Miami, and Miami had scored 70 points the week before, mm-hmm. beat Denver 70 to 20. And a lot of people thought they could probably, you know, handle the Bills. But Josh came out, man, and they, they beat him 48-20, I believe it was. Was that the score? Or 38-20? Whatever. Oh, I forget what the score was. But anyway, it was Buffalo, a decisive victory. And uh, look good. Look good. Nice. Um, Charlie's boyfriend, my daughter's boyfriend, and I um, have gotten together a few times to watch some sporting events. We've watched some golf together. and We've even watched some football together. And uh, we've been talking about a Bills game to watch. And he's coming over next Sunday. Please tell me the Bills are playing next Sunday, right? I mean, not the Bears, but... Yeah, they are, but but the game the game's on at nine thirty in the morning. Why is that? Because they're playing in London. I think at Tottenham Spurs Stadium. Seriously? Yeah, one of those experimental games. Yeah, they're playing the uh, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars in uh, in London. So, well, that'll be cool. Maybe well, he'll I'll go grab him. We'll have breakfast over here. A brunch. Well, you know, but the reason I bring it up is because I like watching games with him. He's into mm-hmm. the game, you know, and he's really into sports and. Uh, and he's to humor me has come over and watch some golf. But uh, yeah, we were talking about our, our sort of mutual uh, admiration of the Bills. I know he's not a super Bills fan. He knows uh, that I'm interested enough to, to come over and watch it with me. Yeah, I'm getting old, man. I watched the game. It was a decisive shit kick, and it was 48-20 that the Bills won. And it was funny because back and forth, 
each team scored a touchdown the first two times they had the ball. So it was like 14-14. And then it was like the Bills defense figured out this dynamic uh, Miami offense. And then they just rolled, rolled over the Dolphins. It was nice. And when I look at the landscape of the league, Kansas City barely beating teams now that they should handle easily. Uh, Cincinnati now one and three. Yeah, Cincinnati's not looking good at all. No, you look at the league and you think, could this be the Bills? Yeah, but it's funny though. After after game one, I think I texted you like, is Josh Allen not playing this? Because <laughs> he looked like shit. But uh, since then, he's looked great. Well, you know what Josh Allen has stopped doing, and he learned because it was one of his traits that had to be cleaned up, and it was. He wouldn't. He wouldn't accept a play was over and then always try to make that spectacular, that great low percentage play. And then it's just got it through his head. If it's not there, just shut it down. And he's done that the past few weeks. And you can just see it. It's obvious. And, uh, you know, the turnovers aren't there and the mistakes aren't there and on and on and on. And Stefan Diggs. Diggs is amazing. Um, and speaking of, uh, go ahead. No, you started by asking about the Blue Jays. So I know the Jays uh, got the they got a wild card playoff against uh, Minnesota. When does that start, or has it started? Starts this afternoon at four thirty-eight. Best of five, best of three, best of three, all games in Minnesota. Um, that on the weekend too. I don't know if you're familiar. It created another topic of conversation: baseball compared to other sports. So the Blue Jays could have clinched Saturday and didn't. Right. They lost. And then Sunday they lost again, but they got in the playoffs because the Texas Rangers lost. So after two consecutive losses, the Blue Jays, after Sunday's final regular season game, went into the dressing room and had a wild celebration with champagne. No, no, I saw it. I thought it was just the weirdest thing. And, you know. We were talking about this yesterday on the golf course. It's just so unhockey, right? Mm-hmm. Because hockey players, you know, even when you win your conference, you won't touch the trophy. You don't. There's no celebration until you win the Stanley Cup. Like winning a playoff spot or winning a playoff no. series isn't cause for celebration in football or basketball either. I, you know, it's, just, it's unique to baseball. I did see this. I, I didn't understand what the story was, but I now you've put it into context. I, yeah, I did see this on social media that the, there was this wild celebration after they lost their way into the playoffs. But but yes. but, but I was even more what, what I didn't understand until now uh, was what your how they got in. What I did understand was I thought it was a little bit much for just getting a wild card spot, not even a conference. Like it wasn't that, it didn't seem to me like that big a deal to celebrate that much. Saturday at home, if they'd have won that game, they would have clinched. You could have seen some kind of celebration or acknowledgement of the accomplishment. Right. But it didn't happen. So if I'm part of that conversation, I'm saying, okay, the way we get in, we don't do this. But in baseball, you do it for whatever reason. Well, I think you know one of the I reasons, just, if I just yeah. interrupt again, one of the reasons might be it's a 162-game season. That's it. And it's a celebration, I think, of guys that have played twice what the average, because the NBA is 80-something, the NHL is mm-hmm. 82 or 83, mm-hmm. football is 18. So it's 100, they, they've been in that room together for months. So maybe that's a little, you give them a little bit of leeway for that. Plus, I think it comes historically. Baseball used to be 
You remember, the only teams that made the postseason were the ones that finished in first place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was sort of a flaw in baseball for years. They needed a better playoff structure, which they have since adopted. But just think about that. There was four divisions, and just those four teams made it. Whoever won the division advanced. And I think they used to celebrate then because that was a pretty major accomplishment. And And they used to celebrate, I remember, with that final game of the season, you've won the division. You've actually finished first. You've won the division. There was a, a, a celebration. It's just as the playoffs expanded, so have those celebrations. So, um, you know, as a guy, again, that grew up in hockey, I'm a little uncomfortable with it. I don't care about it. And and you offer the explanation there. It's 162 games. It's a long, grueling grind. And you know, nobody, nobody's hurt. No, him. exactly. Uh, yeah. 2016 is the last time the Jays got past the wild card. Uh, before I get uh, Bill Brio, who is standing by, uh, what are the chances they get past the Minnesota Twins? Well, they just they haven't been hitting the ball very well. Yeah, that's so what people they say. Get some timely hitting, then they've got a chance. They'll probably get great pitching, but you got to score. You can't win without scoring a run. So okay, well I'll tell you when we're done yeah. with Bill, I want to mm-hmm. carve out just a couple of minutes to talk about another shit kicking, which is the European yeah. rider. I, and and I want to say how my cha- how my sentiments have changed over the last. I'm going to say at least seven or eight years and why I cheer against the USA. Mm-hmm. And a couple things that happened, maybe you've heard about it. We'll talk about it mm-hmm. after we uh, do a little TV talk here with our friend Bill Brio. You know, I think as we age, I know they say that time seems to speed up. It just seems like yesterday we had Bill Brio on for his monthly visit. (laughs) There's no way a month has gone by, has it? It's crazy, Howard, but here we are. It's like, uh, you know, all the late night talk show guys were off the air for... I don't know, uh, like uh, a long, long time. Colbert joked last night that it was uh, it was 154 indictments ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's very but, uh, good. Time does fly. Well, we're always ple- always pleased to uh, welcome Bill Brio back to our program, the uh, Bill Brio podcast, Brio.tv. Uh, let's get right to that. Speaking of late night talk shows, I know it's not on your agenda here, and I want to get to all the stuff because it's uh, it's chock a block. There's so much to talk about with Bill. But what about Jimmy Fallon? Did we talk about that last time? Um, no. What specifically? The fact that uh, Russia is okay with his show being shown in Russia, but not the other guys. No, I, is that w- true? Well, yeah, yeah. Why? Why is that? Um, I, I don't know. I think uh, what was like uh, the, the joke Colbert made, it was because of his segment slow jamming with Putin, you know, or I, so I don't know. I don't know. No, that, I, I was like thinking of that sort of New York Times or was it New York Times or Rolling Stone? Rolling Stone article about the behind the scenes goings on and, and people with mental health issues from being abused by Jimmy Fallon. The Ellen syndrome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Well, I mean, I've interviewed him not really at a one-on-one, but talked to him in press situations, and uh, 
you know, he's, you know, I found him to be kind of a different cat. I think he likes the world to be really level and perfect, you know, don't rock the boat kind of thing. Uh, The other guys you can kind of screw around with a bit, especially Jimmy Kimmel. But um, but I don't really know Fallon that well. Okay. Um, you know, but I know that you know there's been he's had uh, a rough run. It's hard, it's hard hard act to follow doing the Tonight Show, but he's been doing it for a long time now. Well, he's my least favorite by a yeah, me long too. shot, a long shot. Yeah, man. Kimmel has kind of replaced Letterman for me in terms of, yeah. but 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 it's because of that. He's such a Letterman geek. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, it's not like he's doing Letterman, but he's sort of, you know, that's his vibe, which is yeah. why I like him. Uh, so they're all back now. Yep. Yeah. So we're back to ignoring them. You know, like, I, I just don't know if late night talk shows really did we miss them that terribly. Right. It, it almost was dangerous, I think, for these shows. Uh you know, it's good for all these writers to get their jobs back. But um, I tend to just watch them now seven minutes at a time yeah, on me YouTube too. the next day, yep. right? That's what I, like, I love Jimmy Kimmel, but I the only time I see Jimmy Kimmel is on YouTube. His, like, opening monologue and maybe yeah. the odd little bit. And same with Mar, by the way. Like, I don't watch Mar, but I know that I watched that clip that you're, that you're referencing. Yeah, real time, the new rules. It's always fun. I, I watch Mar every Friday. I did miss him. Uh, there was yeah. an edge there. And just this dialogue that he has, it's just more interesting because yes. you you know, he, he literally he gets a Twitter. Twitter goes crazy or X, whatever it's called now, uh, because, oh, he made fun of Biden. Well, that's his job. He gets to be pr- provocative. And uh, if he isn't being provocative, no one's watching. Yeah, so, B- Billy, get a little closer to the mic there, pal. Sorry, yeah, no, I, I, I just like that. He is provocative that he says edgy things because not enough people are doing. Well, that explain that line that uh, you've referenced in your notes. Uh, which one was that? Ruth Bader the, Biden. Oh, yeah. Okay. So on, <laughs> on yeah. Friday's show, he starts new rules. And he basically said that uh, Biden should stick to one term, that uh, otherwise he's going to turn into Ruth Bader Biden. And the reference being you stay, no matter how legendary you are, you can stay too long and yeah. wreck it for your party. And that's what the danger is, I think, with uh, Biden at 80 trying to get into a debate with, with Trump. Can you imagine? Or, uh, you know, campaigning. He just said, the guy's fine as a president. Sit in your room and do all that. He's brilliant. But I, it, campaigning is different. It's harder. And uh, it's going to be not good, probably, for the Democrats if he were to be campaigning for the uh, 2024 presidency. And, 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 you know, that's funny. Traditionally, he's been considered a lefty, but mm. he, he leans to the left. But, you know, it's very important. He's, that, he's actually providing a service there because they shouldn't go forward with Joe Biden. And people think he's taking a shot at the, at the Democrats. No, he's not. He's raising a red flag going, hey, people, if you want to survive, you might want to look at this thing. So yeah. presenting that, I think, is... That's what he should do. That's playing the middle. That's recognizing a flaw on your side and talking about it. What's wrong with that? Well, he, he does that other podcast show, uh, Club Random, and he mm-hmm. had James Carville on, the noted uh, right. Democratic strate- strategist. And Carville said, look, if a Democrat between 50 and 60 was running for president, they'd win hands down. Absolutely. That it's just the optics now, you want to make the old guy who can't go down a ramp to be about Trump. Absolutely. Well, that's somebody what, yes. younger in your party. And, and the guy that I like, and I don't know if he's going to, re- unless he, they throw a Hail Mary and they bring Gavin Newsom 
Newsom out. I think Gavin Newsom would wipe the floor with Trump. Um, but Bill Maher's doing. It's more what I like about Maher, and you, and you said it. He, he can have these conversations, and it's 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 curious that he's the one that you know got so much uh, sort of Twitter or whatever. Um, uh, juice, whatever. I don't, he, he reminds me a little bit of Jack Parr. They, he would have those conversations, and yeah. that, that's what these talk shows. For people who don't know, Jack Parr was it the Tonight Show he had first, or the Just Jack Parr show? No, he hosted the Tonight Show after Steve Allen, right? Uh, Fifty-eight. Yeah. So in those days, those shows were about conversations, mm-hmm. not oh, just yeah, en- yeah. not just entertainment. You couldn't not look with Parr. I mean, I don't really remember him, but folks I've talked to who watched him religiously say every night you watch to see an emotional breakdown or he was unhinged. He was unhinged before it was popular. Right. No, it's a fascinating segment. But and really, there's no one quite like that anymore. Um, I miss um, the Scottish uh, late night talk show host. My goodness. Uh, Craig uh, Ferguson. Craig Craig Ferguson, because those conversations seem very real and edgy. He literally would rip up the notes and start the conversation. And I loved that show. Mm -hmm. I thought he was brilliant. Um, And that's the thing about Marshall. And that's I'm with you, Bill. I watch it from beginning to end every week. You know, it's a completely different format. It's Mm -hmm. it's it's just, you know, it's very stimulating as far as like a news standpoint, as opposed to goofing around on a late night talk show. So that's why I like it. Well, his first. Yeah. His first Mm -hmm. guest last night was the governor of Florida. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, talk about showing all sides. Like this is mm-hmm. Satan to a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. And and DeSantis came off actually very well, I thought. And that's why Twitter goes crazy because look what you did. You made him like a person. Yeah. Shame on you. But that's. But, uh, but I was going to say what you're th- supposed to do that's with no <laughs> one else. Colbert and Fallon and Kimmel, they're not getting that kind of whatever juice or social media no. attention. No. Um, yeah. Before we get too bogged down in Bill Maher, let's talk about the Fraser reboot. I don't know. Are they, this is my, this might be one of my favorite sitcom themes of all time. I think it really is underrated in terms like a vibe, right? Do they use this for the reboot? Yes, they do. Uh, he sings a new version of it. You know, there's no good bu- good night Seattle because it's not in Seattle. <laughs> That's anymore. right. He's in Boston. Um, you know, I've seen the first three episodes. I had very low expectations. I thought. Uh, you know, Frazier without Niles is like Laurel without Hardy. You know, those two guys were brilliant together. Uh, David Hyde Pierce, who's not on this new show. But uh, I have to say, uh, it's pretty good. And by the second episode, very good. It was like Frazier good. And um, But it's a different thing. He comes back. He's in Boston, back where he started when, when he was on Cheers. And now he's picking up with his son, Freddie, who's a 30-year-old fireman. And um, that's the... Uh, that's the new vibe on the show. So now the character. So in, in the old show, it was the father who was like the regular Joe. And he had these two brilliant sons who were doctors and, you yeah. know, sort of a fet and uh, whatever that word is, you know, sort of esoteric. And now so Freddie is the regular Joe character. Yeah, he's a fireman. You know, he went to Harvard. He hated it. He quit after a few months. And uh, so Frazier moves like literally next door to him. And uh, the two of them, it's the opposite of the relationship with uh, Frazier's dad, um, Malone, you know, uh, Mahoney. He was so good. Yeah. 
He was very good. So, yeah, that, that crazy chair that Mahoney had that was all ripped up, Martin Crane, uh, you know, now it's the son who has sort of the more sloppy room and the right. stuff all around, and Frazier's horrified, you know. It's funny. How, how many of the old regulars are on it? Well, uh, none, really, but there is guest appearances by a couple. Um, Perry Gilpin and uh, David Hyde Pierce. No, Gilpin is going to come back as Roz, apparently. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that episode. Just to do a cameo. And also, uh, Niles' wife uh, is going to be back. Uh, no, no, Frazier's former wife. Um, yeah, and what's her name? Yeah, I know him. Uh, she's she's going to make an appearance, but there'll be no Daphne and no uh, Frazier. Niles, but you do see Niles' son. Uh, Frazier has a nephew in Boston who is like, uh, you know, very much like his dad. He's sort of a germaphobe. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's kind of funny and, to see him. And you up. say it's on Paramount and uh, CBS will run it like a regular sitcom. Well, uh, Paramount Plus is going to have the series, and uh, CB, you know that starts October twelfth. Uh, they'll stream it the first three two episodes right away. Uh, CBS is going to show one episode, the pilot, on October seventeenth. You know, it's a smart marketing move because not everybody has Paramount Plus. Right, so right, right. Put it on the big network, but just for one episode, that's the carrot, and hopefully they'll get subscribers. Well, I noticed CBS, too, has started running um, Yellowstone episodes. How do yeah. they do that? It's a pretty racy show with language. Like, how is how are they pulling that off? I haven't seen, I haven't it seen any of them. Yeah, Neither I imagine I. it's bleeped. Uh, yeah. You know, they they can't. They have different standards and practices for sure, and you got to cut commercials into it. So, mm-hmm. uh, but that's you know the writers' strike. That all, even though the writers have settled, the actors are still out. And uh, you know these shows like NCIS and all these FBI shows, they're going to take a long time to remount and write. They might be next fall before you see them back. Mm-hmm. So they're still going to be borrowing and stealing stuff from cable and from Canada. You know, there's all going to run the burbs is coming up this month on uh, the WB and uh, a couple other shows from Canada. And that's uh, one of their strategies is to, because they have two or three seasons of scripted stuff from here. Mm-hmm. They can just throw on the air. Let's talk about a, a new documentary. You mentioned uh, David Beckham. Uh, on uh, Wednesday on Netflix. Yeah, it's coming up uh, tomorrow. And um, this is, uh, you know, Netflix always has a lot of documentaries every month. Um, and, you know, it's uh, basically, uh, you'll, you know, obviously a soccer superstar, but you don't know a lot about David Beckham except that he's married to. Uh, Posh Spice, right? Yes. That's about as far yes. as we know. So you're going to see, and I think there's a lot of anticipation, just soccer's really started becoming a big thing in North America. So they're doing that. Uh, they've also got a melon, uh, documentary coming up on Millie Vanilli mm. uh, in October, uh, but unfortunately it's dubbed. Ah, there you go. You got uh, <laughs> That's two, a long three. way to go for the lip sync oh, bit. Let me Very I, good. I need a drink. I need a drink. <laughs> Um, Bill's very proud of himself. Uh, on the, on your podcast this week, you have someone from Brampton. Yes, so I, uh, what? Fred, the Brampton's own director X. Now, this mm. guy—I don't know if you've heard about him—but he used to hang around McKay Pizza with uh, all the <laughs> other famous Bramptonians, uh, Russell Peters, and uh, you know all these other guys. But uh, he um, directs the music videos for Drake and Rihanna, um, Kanye West, like serious stuff and he's created this show called uh robin hood robin with a y and it's about a female robin hood modern day who steals from the rich and gives to the poor but 
she's part of a rock band called the hood uh it's a young adult drama and mm. it's kind of corny but you know it's, it's shot like a music video um i think boomers will be uh, you know, stick to Rocket Robin Hood if you're over a certain age. <laughs> Which I used to love, by the way. Um, <laughs> let me throw something at you, Bill. The, I can't remember if I was watching this the last time you were on. There's a couple things. I uh, burned through all the uh, Tina Fey produced Girls 5 Eva. Oh, yeah. And it's on Netflix now. I'm going to tell you, it's pretty good. You know, it's mm-hmm. got that Tina Fey vibe. It's like 30 Rock. Have you seen any of the episodes? I've seen the first two or three. I didn't watch much after that. But, uh, yeah, you know, it has good energy. Uh, basically, there was a few shows with that similar theme. You know, it's sort of putting the band back together uh, in their 40s, right? Yeah, but but that, but it's just, you know, when I say, if you like Tina Fey, which I do, I think she's really clever, and I like the way she produces television, and it's got a lot of little inside jokes. But uh, uh, so I started watching, I finished watching that. And then, uh, Freddie, have you uh, been watching any of the uh, – Wrexham, because it's back now. Yeah, I'm a little bewildered by it. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not quite the same vibe as the first season. And the what's with the 20 minute episodes? Uh, I know, that? very uh, short it's, now. It's just, I was, I, I, I was sitting over there scratching my head, going, "This isn't what I expected nope, from the me second too. season." Uh, but you know, I'll, I'll play it out and see. But again, I'm not uh, a little disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I haven't watched the second season, I have to be mm-hmm. honest. I like the first one, but it doesn't sound like it's very good now. Well, here's the Thanks thing. The, the, I know, we all know where it's going, which is one of the reasons I'm going to stay with it. Because mm-hmm. w- what they haven't hit on as much this year so far is the players and the bat and the game. Because, you know, you kind of right. want to see how they're going to do. And that one episode about the, uh, the you know, whatever, that, that, that episode wasn't great. Um but I think part of it is because, you know, we everyone knows in the news that they got they got promoted. <laughs> and yeah. so yes. I want to see how that plays out. That's why I'm watching. it. Yeah. No, no. I, I really enjoyed the first season. All the locals uh, that that whole town, how much they were tied to the game. It was fascinating. Right. Yeah. No, fantastic. And um, and that's the one thing, you know, I talk about the 20 minute episodes to to see to play it out or watch the series. You're not going to have to invest a ton of time. No, that's another right. thing. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of hidden gems on Netflix, there's a, a documentary called The Saint of Second Chances. What is that about? Yeah, I we stumbled on that here and uh, really enjoyed it. It's a documentary about the the Veek, Bill Veek. I don't know if you remember these guys back. What you probably remember is in 1979 in Chicago, they had the big disco sucks thing where a local DJ. Steve Dahl. Yeah, Steve, Steve Dahl got the dumpster, and everybody brought their, their disco records, the Bee Gees. They threw them in a dumpster, had a huge bonfire, and the place went crazy. It turned into like a January 6th riot kind of thing. It was disturbing because it was sort of had racial, and the overtones were uh, um, much more. The ramifications were much more than they expected. Mm-hmm. It was ugly, and it, and it put a black eye on that franchise and those owners and Bill Veek. Uh, sold the team. He left, and his son Mike, who was sort of running the White Sox, he kind of got banned from baseball. So it, it, it sounds like it's just a one-note thing, but really, it's the story of what happens later. These second chances that Mike V gets uh, that take twenty-five years, thirty years. Uh, his family, the whole story, 
and it's a fascinating documentary. And he he narrates his own story, and he's really good. It really makes it fun. Do you not pronounce that name, Bill Veck? I'm sure you do. Uh, yes, Fred. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bill Veck. It's spelled with two e's. I think. Yes, right? but 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 it's again, Vec. I rep, rep from my association with sports. Yes, Bill. Yeah. Veck. Mm, that's right. Rhymes with wreck, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, listen, man, it's always, I'm, again, a month will go by. By the time we do the show in November, uh, I'm going to be back in Mexico. I'm leaving at the end of the month for about uh, seven weeks. I'll be doing the show there. And then, uh, Fred, when are you going to, uh, we're going to be away again most of the winter. We'll be doing the show from, uh, I'll be back in Mexico, I believe. And, Fred, when are you, you're going to be the Dominican? February and March, yes. Well, I, I may go to uh, Georgetown. <laughs> it's going to say. We're working on the dates, but uh, what do you guys, you should do a, a reality show in, in Mexico, Howard. I think you should have a golf reality. Shouldn't you be followed by a camera doing stick? Sure. Uh, That's what I We do. already do a travel show. That's what right, right. Which, right. A, a yeah. new season of our travel show is coming. Wait, um, when's that start? It's coming, Bill. We're working on it. <laughs> we, Bill, we have how many episodes of our travel show have we done? We, you know, you think we're kidding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a travel show called Aging with Energy, the old guys' travel show. Like we're not, we're thing. not messing around here, my friend. And, and the thing is, you have to to produce it. You must travel, right? Exactly. That's the point. So we have got some trips behind us now, and we will pre- be presenting. That. What's Good the name? Idea. Hey, Freddie, what's the uh, theme song we've been using? I really like that. For uh, Do you remember the oh, name of it? Oh, um, it's Makar, uh, Helen Back by Makar. Yeah. Bakar. Bakar. Helen Back. Helen Back by Bakar. This is our, th- listen, yeah. I know you think we're kidding, but we do a travel show, Bill. No, I know. I've, yeah, I mean, you know, you, know. you guys have been promoting it. <laughs> we're, we're a real enterprise here. Um, anyway, looking forward to catching up as always. Uh, Bill Brio, Brio.tv, the podcast, Brio.tv, TV feeds his family. <laughs> and, uh, it's always great catching up with you. Good talk with you guys. Again. All right, Bill Brio. Take care. Love you, Bill. Stay strong, Bill Brio. Stay strong. I had everything. I was lonely. Now you're my. Uh, before we get into the Ryder Cup, uh, head of Dan's news here, uh, why don't you. Uh, tell me something. Uh, the Chambers Plan. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business, and you can be part of it. If you have a small business, go to chamberplan.ca today. There's a little badge there. It'll say get a free quote. Click. You put in all the information about your uh, company, and then uh, you'll see that it's much easier to be involved with something like this than you thought it was, because all these small companies create the profile of a large company, which makes purchasing insurances uh, much more uh, doable. And uh, the Hummel and Fred, HummelandFredRadio.com uh, Incorporated is part of it, and uh, we've told you many stories over the past few years of how it's worked for us, and you know, just the basic security it gives employees to know that they have a benefits package of dental and prescriptions and therapies, and they have an HR component, a mental health. Uh, they actually have a mental health line now where you can almost in real time get help if you need it. 
Again, take the time today. Go to chamberplan.ca. Find out all about it, all the different levels that you can buy in at, and uh, take it from there. It's a great idea for small business. The Chamber's Plan, chamberplan.ca. Well said there, friend. Well said, friend. Uh, once again, congratulations. Uh, I, this is terrible. I, was, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have started that sentence. Because I wanted to congratulate our uh, winner. Isn't that terrible? Okay. Last week's winner of the... Uh, pardon me? Michelle Dames. How did you remember that? Because remember, she went to my school. Right. She lived in my neighborhood. And that's not why she won, by the way. No, 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 no. Again, and I made that clear. Honestly, I, I don't know her personally. I know of her. That's all. Well, excellent. Yes. Uh, Michelle, she was very, very... Here's the emails now. She was so excited when I reached out to her. And I said, you are our winner of the Palma Pasta gift card. And I also mentioned I uh, it was very nice of Anthony and Carmela to come see me at the Danforth on uh, Thursday night. 38 years delivering quality Italian food from fresh pasta to sauces and prepared take-home entrees. Just fantastic. Four locations, one in Oakville, the... Uh, I guess the signature store is uh, Palma's Kitchen. You can check it out. If you can't make it there, uh, you can order online at palmapasta.com. Palma Pasta, Italian tradition, simply delicious. Speaking of Italy, that's where the uh, Ryder Cup was. And the uh, sp- I never heard this phrase. I know what it means, but have you ever heard of a, a phrase in sports where you get beat so bad you get boat raced? You ever heard of that? Honestly, no. No, neither would I. They boat use it a raced. bunch of times. Boat raced. Is that a European phrase? No, no, I heard someone. The I heard the Americans uh, referring to it. So, in the end, the score was, I don't know. Let's say at the end, it was 17 and a half to 11 and a half. Whatever it was. But the first day of the Ryder Cup, the Americans got boat raced. They just got smoked. I wonder if it's got something to do with the America's Cup and those yachting series. And un- un- but it's a sporting term I'd never heard. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago before, Bill, like over the years, you know, I used to cheer for the uh, U.S. And really, well, you know, when Tiger and all those guys were on the team, and it, yeah, of course I did. And but over time, I've just stopped. I just can't stand them. Interesting. Interesting. For me, <laughs> as a fan of the sport, I like a lot of the players on the U.S. team. I like the Max Homa and, and several of the players. I like them as athletes. But as a team, I can't stand them. Isn't that weird? Uh, yeah, but, you know, that's one of the quirky things about sport, right? So in the end, they just you, got... You can admire individuals, yes. but collectively, you know, it's, yeah. But, but all that USA stuff, now it just sickens me. And uh, I love the Europeans, their spirit, the way they approach it, how much fun they have. It's, it, it's curious, again, interesting. It's, they come from nine different countries, but they're more mm-hmm. united than the guys that come from one country, the United States. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of this? Any, did you hear about anything that happened? There was, a, there was an incident that happened. I wanted to explain it to you. The, yes, the Rory, Rory McElroy thing about a yes. guy waving a hat or something while he was putting. I, yeah. I, I didn't really see any of it, Howard, so I, I can't. Contribute. But one of the big stories was, again, there was some frustration, but the, the European fans 
are so funny. <laughs> so one of the players wasn't wearing on the U.S. team, a guy named Patrick Canley, wasn't wearing a hat. And there were some rumors around in the news that during the Ryder Cup that he was unhappy with the team. Uh, not because they don't get paid for this. They get some benefits, but they don't get paid. And then he was not wearing a hat in protest. But do you know what Europeans are like? Right. And it was all, it turned out to not be true. But what I love about Europeans oh. and their fans, you know, like, you know, the, and, and you, from back to Wrexham, you know, what soccer fans, they love to take the piss out of the opposing players, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this guy all day Saturday, every time, and there's thousands of people, every time he'd come to a green, everyone would take off their hat and just start fucking waving at it. <laughs> and, and which was great, you know, and they just mm-hmm. did this. And every green, every tee box, they were giving them shit. So they come to the 18th hole, and it's they, the Americans had a better day Saturday. And he's, he birdies three holes, 16, 17, and 18, and he, and he caps off a, a great comeback, beating Rory McIlroy and his team on, on, that, on that match. Mm-hmm. So his caddy, who used to be Tiger's caddy, <clears throat> excuse me, a guy named Joe LaCava, who's a great guy. He gets so excited when his guy sinks the putt that he starts taking off his hat and he's kind of giving it back to the fans, mm-hmm. which is fine. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of standing next to Rory McIlroy. McIlroy still has a putt to tie the match. And he's waving his hat in front of Rory. And Rory just sort of goes like, hey, like just back away for a minute. And Rory goes over to his putt. And this guy, the caddy, follows Rory and he's, tar- he's talking to him. Um, While he's getting ready, it's a bad look, right? I'd and then, say, yes. and then he walks away from Rory and he makes some gesture like "What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. Which is again a little bit out of character for this guy because you know that's not his nature. Mm-hmm. But it caused a shitstorm. Mm-hmm. Like it was this big thing, and then Rory in the parking lot. There's a video of him yeah, <laughs> losing, losing his shit. You know, again, this is, it's funny that I make him, it sort of makes me laugh because it's golf, right? It's not normally the sport you think of that has this kind of, you know, drama around it, but it shows you how much the Ryder Cup means to these guys and Mm -hmm. the fact that they were getting their asses kicked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we were comparing baseball in celebrations to other sports, like waving a hat. You know, in a lot of other sports, <laughs> no, I know, would not be an issue. Like look at basketball, the way you taunt the guys when they're sh- shooting free throws, for an example. Um, it's the it's audience. Just, I mean, the crowd does, but yeah. this would be akin yeah. to this would be akin right. to guys on the free, you know, on the with the guys at the free throw line. This would be like right. one of the guys on the side, one of the players on the court waving a towel in his face. You wouldn't do that, yeah, no. But there's other forms of taunting and whatever. But no, I know it's uh, it was to see the video of uh, Rory in the parking lot. He was pissed, man. Yeah. And for it to carry over. And then I heard people falling all over themselves talking about this caddy saying what a great guy he is. He is a great mild guy. manner. Wonderful. Everybody loves him and how out of character it was for him to be involved in something like that. Absolutely. And he caddied for Fred Couples for a long time. Like I this guy is a career gentleman. And for him to get that fired up and he was it was bewildering. But it just goes to show you the Americans they haven't won the Ryder Cup in Europe for now 30 years. 
Really? Like 30 years have gone by since the U.S. has won the Ryder Cup on, on, uh, away from the U.S. They kicked the Europeans' ass two years ago in uh, Whistling Straits, wherever that is in, uh, in the States. Like They smoked the Europeans. But when they go to Europe, they just become big babies. They act like they, they just can't, they can't, they don't play very well. Why do you think that is? I, I think they're not used to, they're not used to, because of their stature as who they are on the PGA Tour. They don't, they're not used to having people cheer against them like that. And, yeah. and it's in, and in Europe where, again, soccer fans, football fans, that's how they act. I think the Europeans are more comfortable with it. They just are. It's part of their culture. What with a rowdy crowd? Rowdy crowds, mm-hmm. you know, and and when they come back two years from now in New York at a place called Beth Page, which is, a, it's going to be, they're just going to go. The, the U.S. fans are going to go bananas on these Europeans. Yeah, it um, it was, <laughs> and again, because the Americans perform so badly, that became the story of. Of the of the tournament, right? Yeah, like that. That's going to be the takeaway. It is. Here's what I was talking about it this morning. Here's what I said on. uh, I posted this on Twitter. I got into a bit of a shitstorm with a couple of U.S. dudes. Of course, they always anybody that Mm -hmm. I engage with in the U.S. that they all turn out to be like just right wing dipshits. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But I did get some reaction. What I posted. What I because I said if if. Because remember, Joe LaCava, this guy that caused all this, was Tiger's caddy up till recently. I said, right. if somebody was doing this while Tiger was getting ready to putt, mm-hmm. Joe LaCava would have kicked him in the nuts. <laughs> I, said, I said, Joe mm-hmm. or Tiger or both would have kicked the guy in the fucking nuts. If some guy came up to Tiger Woods and was mm-hmm. waving his Joe would have tackled him. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, you know, emotions are high and whatever. But and it was what great. was the pushback you were getting? Oh, just some American guy. I can't remember some. I got into. I got into it with a few U.S. dudes. By the way, I keep asking these guys if they'll come on our show and talk about you know their great leader. You know, it used to be a time, Fred. It used to be a time when you and I were younger that if the leading candidate for a president, you know, was indicted and was a convicted rapist and was you know had his <laughs> was being charged civilly for fraud or made a speech like this. They've gone after opponents so that if you become president or some other job, but if you become president and you don't like somebody or if somebody's beating you by 10, 15 or 20 points like we're doing with crooked Joe Biden, let's indict the motherfucker. Let's indict. Yeah. If you said motherfucker and you were running for president, that would be mm-hmm. the end of you running for president. Mm-hmm. I know I just did a quick hard segue for you folks. Yeah, we're back on Trump. Think about this. Think about what he just said. He's convincing his audience, his followers, that the reason they're being in, that he's being indicted mm-hmm. is because he's being because he's leading in the polls. Mm-hmm. And it used to be if you said motherfucker and you were running for president, that would be it. <laughs> but uh, no more. It's starting to make me feel bad again, and I don't like it um, because even yesterday I heard defensive you know, on various right-leaning outlets where I should just stay away from. Yeah. 
they want to talk about how political this New York thing is about the fraud. It's just political. And, you know, they're just trying to, you know, derail his campaign. They don't want to talk about the actual crimes, though. No, I know. It's like, okay, guys, but what about the crimes? And, and, you know, 91, we're not talking about one. We're talking about 91. But every one of those 91 and what's going on in New York with the fraud now, it's all this is why it makes me feel bad. It's all bullshit. You know, it's uh, political interference. It's a witch hunt. But you know what bugs me more than anything else? When he talks to his mindless, fucking ignorant base. If the judge or the district attorney is black, he calls them racist. Oh, yeah. And that's a message. And I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Nobody can deny it. That's a dog whistle to his to Billy Bob in Kentucky. Look what these black people are doing. To yeah, me. man. That's exactly what yeah. he's saying. I agree. And if you fucking fall in line with this shit and you put up with it and you still support this guy, you are sick in the head. Oh, yeah. He's just an evil fucking bastard. And the thing is that that that's why it makes me feel bad, because at this level now, when he's calling these people's racist, just to send a message out to his creepy fucking base, that that country is sick and we've there's trouble coming. Oh, well, there's uh, troubles already there. When he calls uh, the when he calls Biden crooked Joe Biden. Yeah. Again, it's, you know, until Trump was president, no one knew what the word gas. I'd heard the term, but I didn't know what gaslighting meant. This is that's mm-hmm. that clip. That's gaslighting. And beside all of what you just pointed out, listen to this little thing. Mm-hmm. Listen. Here, just listen to this. And we'll stand up to crazy Nancy Pelosi who ruined San Francisco. How's her husband doing, by the way? Anybody know? What a fucking boor. Like, what a, what a boor this man is. But, but, Howard, you see, that's working. What disturbs me is that's working for so many. You lose such faith in the United States, you know, as our friend, as our partner. So much faith because literally half of that country is being sucked in by that. Well, and it's just how lost are they? You know, the great patriotic country. You're not patriotic. If you follow this guy, you're you're part of a cult. Absolutely. You're, and and there's you're rejecting say, your country. Yeah, and there's more to that clip. Yeah. Um, but but what bothers me? And that's why when I started off by saying I can't cheer for that team anymore. I can't because everything it represents, because that when I hear when I see them. Like at the Ryder Cup, everyone dresses up, and the Europeans, they all, and they must sell these somewhere, but everyone dresses up in certain, there's, the crowd is, it's a really fun golf crowd, if you can say that. But the Americans, there was a bunch of people dressed up in, you know, stars and stripes, but there was literally a bunch of people, they kept coming to the crowd, and they were dressed up with those Viking horns that the guy wore at the insurrection. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't for the life of me figure out what, how does that represent the USA in any other way? Like mm-hmm. where, where did, like I didn't, I, I, didn't, I just mm-hmm. couldn't figure out the connection, but it, <laughs> it, it, it bugged me. And that's why I say individually, I like those guys, but I can't, I can't cheer for their country anymore because when, you, because this guy, that clip goes on to say, you know, uh, here. And she's against building a wall at our border, even though she has a wall around her house. 
which obviously didn't do a very good job. Like, imagine that's the guy you and, and forget the idiots that the crowd in the crowd. What about the people in his party? That's your guy. Mm-hmm. You think that's civil? Yeah, but Howard, it's not their guy. You know that it's not their guy. They don't want him. They're just afraid of him. They're afraid. Listen, a lot of the people in the public Republican Party are just as surprised as you and I are that there are so many Americans that will buy into that. Yeah. If anybody had to predict that a few years ago, they thought probably thought this could never happen. Right. But it has happened around them. And now, again, they're just showing what cowards they are. They don't want to push back against it because they're so afraid of that base and losing that base in case they need it someday. But the whole thing is just so sickening. Yeah, it's upside down. Oh, it's just. But it's happened before. It's happened before in the 1930s. And I'm not being dramatic. The, the people in that party didn't start off the way they ended up, but little by little, because they were so afraid of the base that that Adolf Hitler created. And I'm being serious. Mm-hmm. They, they, they were the media was uh, compromised and, and the people in his party, whatever that was called. Oh, I believe the Nazi party. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, uh, they were so afraid of the fallout of disagreeing with the Fuhrer. And that's what happens with Trump. Because if you were, again, there was, that's why I started off by saying, you know, there was a time. If you're, if the guy running for president said motherfucker, everyone in that party that support, everyone in his party would be on the news going, well, we can't. That's, that's, uh, we can't abide by that. Didn't even, that didn't even make the news. Imagine that. And And you know where this is going to. And I got to say, never a fan of Adam Carolla. Don't think he's funny. I think, you know, his his right wing stance now is just so full of holes. And and again, I don't really know anybody I know out of the out of the box, out of the gate. He had a pretty successful podcast. I don't know where it's at now. But again, he had Tucker Carlson on last week. Now, Tucker's thing is. He's predicting that Trump will be assassinated. Now, and he's doing this. Right. I'm sorry? No, no. We just got Daryl standing by. So at okay. the end of this, wrap it up. No, no. But that's where he's going with this. Right. I've heard that. You know, it's like he wants to get that base all riled and revved up now that they're going to kill our guy. That's coming. So, you know, dig in. Support him more. Yeah. And he said this on the Adam Carolla show, who I have no time for. All right. Um, well, this won't be the last time, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I heard him. I, I don't know. That's another question for another day about, you know, what what is in this for Tucker Carlson? We should talk about that at some point. In the meantime, there he is. Look, you, you, hey, you caught us. We were all we, we just got all fired up about the Ryder Cup and Trump. <laughs> oh, I love that. What, what a combo there. No, the I Ryder didn't. Cup. Did you watch any of it? The Ryder Cup, I, I mean? T- it, Tom gave me the Coles notes of it. You know, it's so good because I don't have to watch it. Tom tells me the critical parts. So uh, I got the idea of what happened. And Darryl's he showed talk- me some key clips. Yeah, Daryl's talking about our mutual friend, Tom Olazinski. Um Yeah, it was pretty good. And uh, I was saying to Fred, I used to... Uh, you know, there was a time like 30, 20 years ago, I would, I'd be cheering for the U.S., but now I can't can't stand their team uh daryl croft uh from electric vehicle network hey buddy hello you know i can't remember you and i were talking yesterday i was because i was looking back at some other emails did we ever talk we did talk about we did talk about tires last time and that you need that you need you need tires for the winter 
But I uh, yeah. I picked out a couple. Now, this is the last week, by the way, everyone, of our chance for your chance to uh, be part, to get a, an electric vehicle for the weekend. But here's a question we had, uh, Daryl Croft. Um, it's from my, uh, a regular listener of ours here. Mike Parker says, uh, we've been considering buying electric before the, Gore, before the Ford government pulled the funding. Look, can we talk a little bit about that, just as a, a conversation point, about, about what funding there is in Ontario for electric vehicles versus the rest of the country? And what is the rebate for an electric vehicle here? Okay, so we do get the short end of the stick because in, in, in really the federal government kicks in $5,000 on a new EV up to a certain dollar limit, but the, the province doesn't do anything. And, you know, you could have a political point of view whether or not someone should get money back or whatever. But generally what's worked over the world is you do two things. Either you help somebody get an EV or you make gas cars more expensive, like to more reflect the costs that they're putting out. So in Norway, they made gas cars more expensive. And as a result, it, it made uh, EVs a better deal. In, in Canada, BC and Quebec have rebates if you live in that province and you reside, you get certain rebates on additional rebates on new and used. The U.S., many states are doing the same thing, new and used. But Ontario is is really they've just made gas a little cheaper with the gas rebate and the gas tax, but no, nothing for EV, unfortunately. Yeah, which is weird, too, because you get some great rebates on like windows and doors in this province. right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that, you know, that buys into the green plan. So it, it's a little bewildering that that was dropped, you know, now. Yeah, I think, you know, some early stands are made about, you know, millionaires driving EVs. And I think maybe it's hard to walk back. And, you know, uh-huh. politics is above my pay grade for sure. I don't know what thinking goes on there. <laughs> but you, I remember this. I can't remember if we've ever talked about, you know, in some provinces, if you add the $5,000 federal rebate, is it Quebec where you can, it, it adds up to like a $12,000 rebate? Yes, it is. Now, your listeners referring to 12000 we had in Ontario in the early days. Now, in the early days, early adopters, EVs were more expensive back then, and they are dropping in price thanks to Tesla right now. So um, the issue right now is not the car price. It's really more like anybody financing a car like they talked about mm-hmm. last week but um really it's been proven the cheaper you make it to get in more people will buy and even when you look at search for evs when gas price goes up search for evs goes up <laughs> it's, it's that clear a tie-in it costs me more every week i think i'll look at an ev so there is definitely if you wanted to promote evs they're the the helping at some end, whether it be uh, you know uh, financing better or, or an additional rebate does help, or expensive gas helps too. Mm-hmm. Really, here, here here's the thing. This is an outside that, but I live not far from the Ford Ten, and there's a din of noise all the time. Can you imagine if we ever reach the point where there are nothing but electric electric vehicles on the road? Oh. Road noise is going to, how much is that going to be reduced? Like noise pollution. Because Howard's at my place the other day and gets in the Tesla. 
And he just starts backing out of the driveway. You think, hey, you haven't even started that thing yet. <laughs> That's <It's> right. Moving. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, especially for all your music fans, like I said, I'm mm. a big music fan. I don't want to hear an engine or a noise. I just want to hear my music or my podcast right. or whatever. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all I want to hear. So it's great for that. Here's something in the news. Uh, following, the, uh, following the lead of cities like Amsterdam and New York, Toronto is considering requiring vehicles for hire, taxis, Ubers, and Lyfts, to be zero emissions by 2031. Now, does that does that mean that they they those have to be electric? Is that zero emissions? Yes, that is zero emission. That's okay. Electric. Now, wouldn't you would think that industry would want to anyway because what they would save on gas? I mean, really. Well, here's the issue partially is that you know, uh, some of the Uber drivers live in uh, housing that doesn't have available charging. And yeah. so the point is, you're absolutely right, Fred. They say we want to do it, but give us some charging assistance along the way. Right. And again, provincially, we're not doing as much as other provinces and doing that. We're relying on federal funding to do it. And and it's coming along. Charging is pretty good, but mm-hmm. you really care about where you live or work. Yeah. So that's a big thing. Where you live or where you work, you got to be able to charge. And if and that's where some of the rideshare guys are saying, "Hey, I don't have it where I live." Well, and they're saying one of the one of the barriers they say that what they say in the story is if the barrier to entry for driving an Uber or Lyft or becoming a, a cab it becomes an electric powered car, riders could suffer from a lack of driver supply without the proper investments in place. And you just covered that. Like if you don't have access to charging. It's going to be tough for you because there are some I've gotten to an, into a, an Uber Tesla before. And uh, yeah, and there is a solution coming to that. I just can't tell you just yet. It'll probably be in the new year. But there is some way to address that that, that I'm well aware of. But I just can't make it public, yet, which will make it easier. Mm. All right. The city, I must say, I give the city credit. They are they are trying to do the right thing. But the problem is there's no money behind it. They're sort of saying, hey, you do it all. We think you should do that. And uh, there's some pushback from the I got to tell you, the ride share guys, I, I've talked to them at length about going to EV. And it's just so bad to get to the point that economics makes sense, but they can't get financing in the car. They know that they don't have the stable income. So right. everything's ready. They can save. I could tell you they could save 12 to 15 grand a year. They pay off that car quickly. But when they go to line up because of the unstable nature of their income, no one's there to help them out get in the car. And that's the sad mm-hmm. part. That's really yeah. And last point, uh, this comes from uh, Brian Martin, who's a big, he says, I wanted to comment on EVs. I recently rented a Polestar 2 EV in California. And as a first time EV driver, I can say I'm seriously considering one as my next purchase or lease. Uh, and then he talks about, unlike, he says, I, I, well, he says, unlike last rental where I only drove 200 miles, I will have to find charging stations along the way this time. And I picked that thought out of this email because... That seems to be one of the things. Now, having driven this car or a car of uh, electric cars now almost a year, that is still one of the things that comes up in conversation all the time. Is that the is the nature of charging it? Where can I charge it? How do I charge it? And maybe we can have a little bit of a conversation just to re, to remind people how easy it is and how ubiquitous. I love that word. How everywhere these charges are. It really is. So much money's gone into putting more chargers every which way, every which direction. Now, I'm not saying it's 100 cent perfect. You know, we, we could use more. As more cars get on the road, you want more chargers where you go. But if you talk to anybody who has some experience with EVs, like I've hopped in the car and driven to Ottawa, Windsor, Montreal, 
Boston. I've done all of that. And you talk to people who've done those trips and uh, like Google tells you where the charging stations are. The networks are great, but they don't they don't uh, advertise it so well. So that's the one thing. It's almost like you, you got to look and there's uh, apps like plug share, which you just put in where you're going to go. It'll point out where their chargers are mm-hmm. or flow. Each one of the big networks have their own charging station or charge point, but no one's ever done it. And they worry before. So when you do that, you realize, wow, okay. You, you see all the dots that come up in the screen where you're going. Now, if you're up in maybe Sault Ste. Marie, when you get maybe three or four hours out, it may be a little trickier and they got some work to do there. But where the key traffic is going sideways and south, the the networks have been by and large really good. The issue I must say, though, I will say that depending on who put the chargers in, some of them haven't been as reliable as others. And, And they've been called out on it. So I know that these companies have redoubled their efforts to make sure they're up and running. Like Tesla is unreal. Like they they always have stuff going. You pull in if they got eight chargers, even if one of them's down, you're going to get charged. Mm-hmm. Whereas one in a gas station, in a small town that maybe didn't call someone, that may be a little riskier. But it's not; it's really not a big deal. And what about ahead. that? What about um, because different makes have different style charger plugs, right? Yes. What, how about why wouldn't they all get together and make it universal, and then that way you could this could be alleviated. Well, you know, that's that's exactly what's happening right now. Very oh. recently, uh, and, and coincidentally, I'm doing a little tiny bit of show and tell because somebody else on your show, one of your readers uh, or listeners sent in asking about charging downtown. And there's the, mm-hmm. his wife has a Tesla, and he's looking to get another EV, and he's wondering, okay, what do I do here? So I'll, I'll address that question. I'll, I'll answer that at the same thing fred so tesla has this little small adapter here neat sleek Mm -hmm. tiny right but that's only tesla now the original chargers you'll find in most level two are a little bit bigger a little bit wider Mm -hmm. now the good news is tesla has this little adapter okay and daryl's so much people aren't you can't see this daryl's showing us the adapter i see there i I got that oh so now it's universal like so now it's one way universal so tesla can go anywhere Yes, but if you don't have a Tesla, like your your listener is saying, what I do, what do I do if you don't have a Tesla? Now the good news is here, and Howard, this is what happened when you installed your charger. You put in a generic charger. So if anybody, any of your friends and family ever wanted to charge you, and you've driven different cars, you can right. charge any EV you want. But when it comes to a Tesla, you just put the little adapter on. You got your charger. Exactly. So your listener downtown may have a Tesla dedicated charger now. Um, and what they would do, a charger at the end of the terminal is like a, a router, right? You could disconnect it, put on a generic router with the adapter, and that way, if you have a Tesla and a non-Tesla, you charge both. I do that at my house. We've got all different EVs coming all the time. At work, we have the all the generic ones. Tesla just came out with their own adapter that will work on both Tesla and not. But more importantly, on a go-forward basis, this is years down the road, pretty well all the manufacturers are going to the Tesla standard now, starting next year, the year after. So go. that uh-huh. small one will be unique. It's almost like the beta VHS battle is pretty mm-hmm. much more in the future here. All right. Well, listen, man, always great catching up with you. And as I said to you yesterday on the phone, like we're definitely getting a lot of entries. In a couple of days, we'll close it off for your chance to rent electric for the weekend. Uh, thanks, Daryl. It's uh, I want to make sure I get the website correct because I've only said it a thousand times. Rentelectric.ca. Thank you, my friend. Take care, Daryl. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Okay, okay well done. See you later. 
Uh, just send us an email, humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com. And subject line, Rent Electric. And we'll give you a uh, free weekend EV. It really is something to experience. I mean, again, it's been almost a year now. And, and uh, when this uh, deal with uh, the company ends, uh, when I get back in the spring, I'm, I'm definitely getting an electric vehicle of some kind. 1-800-387-9391 if you want to give them a call. RentElectric.ca There's Big Dan Duran. I'm back. Dan Duran is here. I am back. It's exciting. Ready to do my Dan Duran thing. Can't wait. Did you have your toast with banana and peanut butter? Yes, I did. Okay. It was actually nut and seed butter. Oh, nut and seed. Oh, very nut nut and seed. You know what I do now, Dan? I I will have a bowl of granola. I'll throw a banana in there, maybe some berries and some uh, oat milk. And I will put peanut butter in the actual uh, cereal. Do you think that's weird? It's a kind of sweet and savory kind of <laughs> down that road. But do you think that's weird that I like take a peanut butter sandwich basically and put it right in the thing? I've not uh, thought I of it before. Yeah, yeah, I don't wouldn't do that. Okay. Uh, you know the granola is why are all the granola is so sweet. They're always so sweet to me. Do you find them sweet? Dolls yeah, isn't. Well, maybe I should order some from the doll pantry. I mean, it, it's sweet, but not. I know what you're saying. The no, I know. Yeah, the, the stuff I get isn't. Uh, yeah, I guess it in coconut and. You know. I like. Yeah, I like my um, plain yogurt. I'll sprinkle some of dolls um, granola on it, but then I love my um, my Kirkland unsalted mixed nuts. I'll grab mm. a handful of those yeah. and put them on, and then with D- the milk and. Is the doll granola factory a? Is he always making it? Uh, no, and I think now that the fall's here and we're home more and she likes to, you know, putter in the kitchen, I think more will be coming down. The All right, well, you know, I'd like to put it in order as well. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you should put, uh, like, a, a separate wing on your uh, your house and then convert that into an industrial uh, granola-making mm. kitchen. Dan, I will take that into consideration. <laughs> Or maybe you and Doll should get a Shopify and uh, start to... <laughs> exactly, uh, yeah. Uh, all right, well, listen, we can't uh, finish the show yet because Dan has not done the Dan Duran thing. And so without right. a further ado and delay... Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. his voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan the Anchorman comes As for credentials he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from the lake Where it looks beautiful And soon Dan will be taking a swim And having a bath in the lake are you going to bathe in the lake today with your soap? Would you soap up your soap yourself up in the lake? Well, that would be uh, a you know very uh, scenic thing for me to do, but no, that's going to be uh, that's too cold. It's Is it like real? In the, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, all right. I jumped in yesterday as I indicated, and it was like I had more plans to do some underwater moving <laughs> rocks around. Sure, and I I, I truncated that very fast. Do, so fun. when you jump in and your balls and nuts shrivel up, um, is it just back to like a regular size wiener? <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks for asking. Okay. Uh, and now with uh, the news, here's Dan Duran. <laughs> okay, so I had a couple of stories ready to go, but then I ran across this, so it's a kind of it's a, it comes from Trump world. Oh yeah, and I, you know if you apparently. Trump does all, when he does these campaign speeches. It's a rambling two hours of you know Trump going down, and then the finest, weirdest bits are the ones. Yeah, where he, where he says motherfucker and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. So this, I have no idea of the context or why this would be part of a campaign speech, but uh, here we go. But if I'm sitting down and that boat's going down and I'm on top of a battery, and the water starts flooding in, I'm getting concerned. But then I look 10 yards to my left and there's a shark over there. So I have a choice of electrocution or shark. You know what I'm going to take? Electrocution. I will take electrocution every single time. Do we agree? Yeah, like I saw that. What the fuck? That's a great thought experiment. Because <laughs> so, well, yeah, where it came from was he was rallying against electric vehicles and and oh. how if it got with the battery got wet. His, his fucking, he's so stupid. If the battery, he was saying, if the battery gets wet, you get electrocuted. So was he in a lake with his electric car at this point? Or the you know, the boat. He was talking about how boats were one day going to maybe have oh. electric battery. But right. just think of how sick and twisted that is. Like, Eve, like the whole EV thing, because that's the big right wing thing now, be against electric vehicles. Like, yeah. you don't have to be against electric vehicles. You don't have to take a stance dead against them. Why not just embrace the concept? And, you know, if you don't want to go super, like, jump right into that hole, just say, yeah, you know, it's a new concept. And over time, if people choose to buy those vehicles, that's great because that'll create an industry. They've got to make the whole thing evil. Why is that? Um, well, because, you know, why? Because... Like, why is that? Because it makes it simpler for really stupid people. Because here's the thing. What you just said describes it perfectly. People don't, stupid people don't get nuance. Mm-hmm. They just get, you know, fossil fuel, good, electric, bad. So that's easy to understand. And that's who he's talking to. And what's the best is he's so fucking dumb. He doesn't get it. You know, there was all these reports that came out in the last few days about that confirmed. One of them was uh, it had been rumored a long time that he had called, you know, veterans, uh, losers and and oh, yeah. whatever. And, but it never General been, Kelly. He came out. Yeah, he yeah. came out and confirmed yeah. it. How that doesn't get on Fox and Friends or whatever that fucking five is called. Like, how mm-hmm. they don't talk about that is part of why that country's ruined. Because that should make their news. Because they are supposed to be the patriotic, you know, uh, network. Read that. Um, it was a statement issued by General Kelly recently over the past couple of days. Read it. It's a whole paragraph just quickly describing how this guy is dangerous for the country. He's not fit to be president. He doesn't even understand the job or the or how the government works or how. Yeah, I saw that. He just he like he's just so unqualified for the job that it's frightening. Yeah, yeah you just, and of course, now General Kelly, he's a piece of shit now. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, last week he calls for uh, uh, Millie to be executed, and now Millie's a piece of shit because Donald 
tells his mindless followers that's what they should think i'm telling you these these are it's all it's all it's the nazis dan (laughs) well i wish he'd hurry up and decide which he which way he wants to go (laughs) electrocution or or a shark eating him but either one of those is fine with me (laughs) just get it done yeah. Get her done. Um, Get it listen, done. I, I, Dan, are you done? Because I want to finish. I want to end the show on at least a positive note, uh, a humorous well, I did, note. I did want to mention one one more thing. You may yes, not please. know. Uh, well, you know, you've heard that Matt Gates wants to gate the Speaker of the House. And you know this. Oh, yes, of course. He wants to vacate the speaker. Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, Kevin McCarthy. Didn't even get into do you know, that. Do you know the name of uh, the, the uh, Speaker of the House of Canada that just resigned? Do you know his name? Vintos or Vitos or something. Roti or Roti. Rotus. Yeah, it's Roti. Roti. It's a delicious Roti. Roti. Yeah. Roti. What was it? Rota. 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 Anthony, I knew, but, I, I knew it was something. <laughs> right. I know last week when they kept saying his name, every every time they said it, I thought of a boneless chicken uh, Roti. Mm. Now I can't. I'm going to go get one. Yummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, they're uh, play, that's all playing. Uh, we're electing a new Speaker of the House today. The mm-hmm. first order of business. And uh, everybody's going to elect uh, a new Speaker of the House. And uh, there, there's a list of a bunch of people who want to be that speaker, and they'll be, you know, the one who gets the, more than 50% of the vote will become the Speaker of the House. Okay. And the, the only person on this list that I actually recognize is Elizabeth May, BC Green MP Elizabeth May, oh, okay. to get the job. But there you go. Well, that's it's a great fun. story. No idea. And it's... Uh... Shows you how boring our country is. I'm just trying country. to bring you up to, up yeah. to speed. Shows you how boring our country politics. is. Well, I don't know how much time you want to spend here, but, you know, the, uh, I think by November 28th, maybe, no, yeah, November 28th, all um, podcast aggregators have to register with the federal government. No, the story was, I saw the story. I, I, I thought well, it was any, all podcast aggregators, oh, ag- with a revenue of over $10 million. Right. Yeah, that's about, there's none. Okay, but it's the issue that the fact that they have to. Um, And now shit is hitting the fan. Oh, you know, free speech. It it was on Fox News yesterday. Trudeau is going to shut down free speech in Canada through this legislation on and on and on and on. I would just say the irony of it is the reason the governments now have to look at maybe controlling the Internet is because of all the fucking assholes that don't want them to. Yes. Spreading the misinformation, spreading the hate. That's why. And they want that to be able to continue. Okay, so let's end the show, if we can, on, on, a, on a positive note. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe, and we can, let's, let's revisit the podcast thing tomorrow, because I got a note from okay. my brother. What do, what do you think of this? And I said, well, we should talk yeah, about okay. it. Okay, yeah, we should. We should. But it really affects almost, I, there's the, pe- the number of people, the number of aggregators in Canada that have revenue over $10 million, I couldn't even name one. Well, yeah, but that's Rogers and Bell. They're all doing it now, so maybe they do. And, okay. um, and you know, you got to look in the future. Look at how quickly this thing is snowballing. So it won't be long before those people do. Like, well, I'll tell you who's. I'll do. tell you who's not. Yeah. Who doesn't have revenue of ten million dollars? I'm, I'm <laughs> in Fred Radio. <laughs> when they when when they get to people whose revenue are Palma Pasta gift cards. Mm-hmm. Then we're in trouble. Is that that's the the positive note you're ending? This no, I'm just, oh, Dan. Okay. I thought that was where you. Get no, no, here. Dan. No, no. Here's the positive okay. note. This is you know I'll tell you because we talked about stand up earlier and one of the things that happens occasionally because I I do love to 
riff on uh, on the Nazis in Germany. I've got a couple of jokes. Actually, my one of the biggest laughs I got Thursday night is a joke I do about the only time I ever traveled to Germany and the thing that happened. And anyway, it doesn't matter. So, but every once in a while, you know, you, as a comedian, you see a joke, you go, God damn it. And Fred, you'll relate to this where you think, you know, it's such an, it's almost so obvious mm-hmm. in a way for guys like us. When you see, when you see somebody do it, you're thinking, shit, mm-hmm. it was just Why sitting there. Why didn't I think of this? This is a comedian I really love named Dana Gould. He's a guy sort of our age, maybe late 50s, early 60s. He's been around for a long time. And this is uh, about 50 seconds. It's about uh, Hitler's final days. Adolf Hitler, the embodiment of evil, waged war on humanity for six years. And then in his bunker wed Ava Braun and the next morning blew his brains out (laughs) (laughs) marriage is hard (laughs) world war two six years marriage couldn't make it to lunch What did she say? (laughs) You call this a bunker. (laughs) My sister's bunker. Now that's a bunker. That's my uh, my favorite line in that whole thing is what did she what did she say? <laughs> All right, everyone, we'll see you tomorrow. This episode of Hummel and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails, and we've got that Thursday email show with a Palma Pasta prize attached to it. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Got that? Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. We want to hear from you. Also, liking and subscribing helps us out. So does writing a review. You know what to do. Help us out, please. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, if you got all fired up by Trump and the Ryder Cups, take a break. Take a walk in a fall forest. And enjoy every gorgeous day. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands. Just clap your hands. Where's that?